What's up, friends, and welcome back to another episode of the Optimize for Impact podcast. On today's show, we are going to get into a really, really fun topic that transcends the typical conversation that happens around nutrition. For example, usually when you start a conversation about nutrition, it begins or it usually begins and ends with what you're eating, right? Don't eat this. Don't eat that. Eat this food. Eat that. This food has healthy fats. This food doesn't. Whole food has more fiber. Um, fruit juice doesn't, right? And it's always talking about what you're eating, the specific details. And those matter. Those are so important. And those are a huge part of nutrition. But as you're going to find out today, that is only one quarter, 25% of the entire skill of eating, Yes, eating the simple act of hand picking up food into mouth. This is a skill. And as we're going to talk about today, I'm going to give you a framework. You're going to see it is a skill on multiple levels of psychology, on habits, on routines, and on decisions. This is very mental. The actual skill of eating, taking a bite of food, chewing and swallowing, actually begins way before any food is ever on your plate. And that is what we're talking about today. So we're going to cover this framework for becoming what I call the engaged eater, someone who is a more highly skilled eater, if we will. If that sounds crazy, well, after the episode, you have to tell me if becoming a highly skilled eater sounds crazy after you get through this episode, okay? Becoming more mindful about what you're eating and why this is important. Why does this matter? Why does becoming an engaged eater matter to you? Well, it is going to help you much more easily lose fat, stay lean, feel amazing, wake up with energy, have that energy sustained throughout the rest of the day. And overall, it is gonna allow you to become a higher, more engaged, more healthy, more high-performing, kick-ass version of you no matter where you go in life what you're doing or what your goals are becoming an engaged eater is going to empower you to live and perform at a higher level that is why it matters and that is the framework that you're going to walk away with after this episode so why does this matter what is the issue that we are currently facing and why does becoming an engaged eater why is it so important well Right now, there's a general, especially in the world of nutrition, lack of awareness about all the invisible behaviors or influences that are surrounding our eating habits. Let me take a break to hydrate. If you're not drinking water, grab a glass of water and drink while you listen to this. Okay, so there are these invisible behaviors or influences that are surrounding our eating habits. This can be noise. We are constantly, every single day, bombarded with so much info, whether it's ads, whether it's social media, whether it's news headlines, whether it's Netflix. These, this noise, these distractions are constantly swirling around in our head and oftentimes affect the eating decisions that we make. And few people are talking about this. They just keep talking about what to eat, eat this, eat that, instead of how you eat, why you eat, or where you eat. 
So becoming an engaged eater, building awareness, pausing, slowing down, being present, and tuning into the moment of eating is actually some of the most powerful things you can do. This is what being an engaged eater is about because, because the most, the single greatest powerful skill that you will learn, you can learn when it comes to nutrition is being more conscious, being focused in the moment that you're eating so that you consciously make the choices and the decisions that you want to make that make you feel good physically emotionally, mentally, that may, that support your goals, whether that's physical goals, like weight loss, whether that's career goals, like you want to be at your best, highly um, focused, clear mind every single day that you're doing your work. And these eating decisions or being aware and focused in the moment of eating influences everything you do because, because it is upstream of what you eat. That moment of decision, what you're going to eat, how you are eating, why you are eating, and what you are eating comes before the calories. It comes before the macros. It comes before the sugar. It comes before the fiber. It comes before the supplement, right? That moment of decision and making a conscious choice happens before. And so it is more important than the moment of actually eating. So this awareness, this consciousness, this being present and engaged and slowing down and thinking in the moment that you are eating is the most powerful skill you can develop when it comes to nutrition. And the beauty is this can be practiced everywhere you go. Even if you, let's say, don't have access to the food that you wish you could eat. If you normally eat only organic, whole foods, and you're traveling, and you don't have access to those, and you're like, ah, oh, what do I do? My normal diet is, you know, there's no way I can um, follow it. Um, be, being an aware, uh, focused and aware eater, you can apply that skill in the moment to help you make the best decisions for yourself. So... This is a psychological aspect of eating that matters so very much. And ultimately, it's not, this is not about being in a highly engaged eater. It's not about making perfect nutritional decisions. It's about maintaining the conscious power of choosing what you will do rather than passively letting things happen to you. That is ultimately the power of being an engaged eater. And so there are these four core principles of eating. And these are what I call the four horsemen of eating. And we briefly alluded to them, but we're going to call them out here. The four core principles of eating are number one, what you're eating. Number two is why you're eating. Three is how you're eating. And four is where you're eating. So these are four core principles that becoming an engaged eater means we are going to seek to master and be aware of these four principles. So let's break them down. The four horsemen of eating, the four core principles of eating. Number one is what you're eating. Now, we talked about this. This one is pretty 
self-explanatory for the most part. We can break what you're eating, it's the physical food that you eat, into two primary categories as we approach this in a mindful way. The first category is quantity. How much food you're eating from a specifically the standpoint of calories, energy density. So the food that you are eating, how many calories are in that food? This is also macros. This is a high protein food. Is it a carbohydrate food? Is it a fat food? And how much of each of those macros are you getting in that specific food? Now, this is highly important for any type of health, wellness, fitness goal, the quantity, how much food you eat is going to determine your body composition. It's going to determine how much you weigh. It's going to determine your body fat percentage, how much of your mass, your weight is water, how much is fat, how much is lean muscle, how much you eat. The quantity is the most important factor for changing your body composition. If you want to build muscle, if you want to get lean, if you want to perform at your best, quantity is something that you will want to pay attention to. An engaged eater is aware of how much they're eating, how many calories. Now, there's the second part of what you're eating, and that is quality. And quality has to do with the amount of nutrients that are in those foods, how many vitamins, minerals, and beneficial nutrients are in those foods. The engaged eater not only thinks about quantity, the energy density, how many calories are in their foods they're eating, but the quality. And they prioritize eating more high quality foods. Now this isn't necessarily one of those things where you're perfect. Life is not perfect. Eat the birthday cake, right? It is not a high quality food normally, but it is a fun food, it is enjoyable food. So again, being the engaged eater, as we approach the discussion of what you're eating, quantity, calories, and quality, nutrient density, this is never about perfect. This is about making the decisions that allow you to reach your goals. Other people with different goals may make different decisions based around what they're eating than you will. And that's awesome. But being aware as the engaged eater of what you're eating means thinking about the quantity of food you're eating. Is this getting me toward the body composition that I want as well as the quality? Are these nutrient rich foods, are they making me feel good energy wise, digestion wise, mentally? Do they make me feel sharp and light and energized? Are they making me feel lethargic and bloated and sleepy, right? Quantity and quality. What you're eating is the first core principle of eating that everyone talks about. And so we're not going to spend much more time here than that. The second principle is why you're eating. This one also gets into two spheres, physical and psychological. Now we always have, these are the two buckets that most eating behaviors take place inside of those two things. We may eat for physical reasons and we may eat for psychological or emotional reasons. And the point I want to make here is that both are equally valid. Many times, obviously physically, we eat to stay alive. We eat for the sustenance that we need to keep our bodies strong and to burn the calories that we need to burn to do the things we need to do to stay alive. So physical reasons, very valid. Hunger and nutrient needs. 
psychological reasons. This is the one that oftentimes gets a bad rap is because many times we eat for relational reasons, like celebrating a birthday with family and friends, going back to that birthday cake, or we eat for comfort. We're stressed, we're tired, we're depressed, we're down. After maybe an exciting or stressful event, we eat for comfort. And the trick with the psychological reasons are they don't always, they're not always required to stay alive. They're not a physical reason. So many times, and many people, this is the part that takes some wisdom and takes some awareness, going back to being that engaged, mindful eater, is being able to be aware and be engaged and asking yourself, why am I eating this? And is this going to make me feel good? Not just physically, as we talked about with digestion and bloating and energy and lightness, but is this also going to make me feel good in this moment of relating with other people? Is this going to comfort me? And is this an okay thing to do for me based on my goals? Because remember, again, people who have very strict body composition goals might have to many or more often say no to psychological reasons of eating. But for those of us who don't have strict body composition, we might be able to say yes more times to psychological reasons. So I want to take you away with, or from this point of why you're eating, is a very helpful question, a very aware, mindful, and engaged question to ask yourself before taking a bite of food, before opening the box of crackers, is, hey, why am I eating? Am I physically hungry? Am I stressed? Am I bored? For me, personally, many times I'm procrastinating something. I got stuck at something at work and I'm thinking it makes me uncomfortable and I want to go eat to fill the space of procrastination and uncomfort or discomfort in the thing I got stuck with in work. And ask yourself why and be aware of why you're eating. Now, that doesn't mean that you always say no if you are bored or if you are stressed. Um, it doesn't always mean that. You may choose to say no and be like, okay, I can, I'll wait until my next meal. I'll wait till I'm physically hungry. Or you may say like, okay, cool. I'm going to eat this, but I am aware of why I'm eating it. The awareness is power because again, it allows you to step in and make a conscious decision based on your goals, the desires you have for your life and what is going to make you feel great in that moment. It is the conscious decision to eat and knowing and having that awareness of why you're eating allows you to have that power to make a conscious decision. Okay, so we've talked about what you're eating, why you're eating, how mindfulness and awareness impacts you in both of those spheres. And now we're gonna go into how you're eating. How are you eating, Joseph? Why, thank you for asking. So how you're eating also has two components. And this is the rate or the speed that you're eating as well as the level of distraction or awareness. So let's break these down. How are you eating? Let's talk about speed. I typically am a fast eater. That is my go-to rate of speed is fast. I'm just shoveling food in my mouth. I'm usually thinking about something in my head that I'm trying to get through with work, right? I'm distracted, I'm not present, I'm thinking about something else. 
And I naturally find myself eating food very quickly in that moment. So that's speed of eating. Are you a fast eater? Do you eat food quickly or do you eat food slowly? And the second part of this is, are you distracted or are you eating mindfully? Are you present and aware? Distracted eating, your cell phone. How many times have I found myself checking emails, scrolling social media, or watching something while I'm eating my food? And the distraction prevents me from being present, being focused, and making conscious decisions based around my eating. For example, and this is where this becomes really important with how you're eating, is if I'm eating distracted and I'm eating very quickly, many times you can end up eating more food than you physically need. So here's a bit of science. When it comes to hunger and fullness signals in our body, it can take time for our stomach and digestive tract to tell our brain like we've had enough. You can slow down the hunger, you can increase the feelings of fullness. And so if you eat very quickly, you can eat way more food, quantity of food than you need before your body has the time to sense how much you've eaten and then tell you to slow down. And so this rapid eating can cause overeating, which can then cause weight gain. So by tuning into how you're eating, the speed you're eating, and choosing to eat undistracted, turn off the TV, close the laptop, put down the cell phone so you're not distracted, and stay present to how you're eating. After every few bites, ask yourself, do I, am I still hungry? Should I continue eating more food? Will another bite of food make me feel better? more satisfied or will it maybe be taking me past that place of satisfaction into beginning to feel over full that discomfort feeling of stuffed or even to the point of nauseous like after a buffet where you've really eaten too much so how you're eating and being mindful and staying engaged with the speed seeking to many times slow it down to give your hunger and fullness signals time to register and then eating non-distracted because that allows you to sense when you've reached that point of satisfied, when you're no longer hungry and help prevent you from overeating simply because you're scrolling your phone and you're not engaging with your hunger and fullness cues that your body and brain are trying to tell you. Okay, so being an engaged eater means you pay attention to, this is a recap, what you're eating, quality and quantity why you're eating is it for physical or psychological reasons and then how you're eating how fast or slow the speed you're eating as well as am i being distracted in the moment of eating am i trying to multitask so those are three core principles what why how and we're going to get into the final one which is where you're eating now this is eating environment and this has and can have many nuances to this discussion. This isn't just about like, are you eating in a restaurant or are you eating at home? Now that is like the physical environment is a part of that, like geographical location. Are you in a pizza hut on the road traveling or are you at home eating? Because overall 
meals eaten at home, if we're looking at the macro standpoint of where you're eating, meals eaten at home are almost always higher in nutrients and less energy dense. They have fewer calories. So the one of the biggest hacks, which seems pretty common sense, is just to try to, as best you can, make more of your own food at home. Over time, generally, you will not only get more nutrients, but you will also eat fewer calories, which can help you stay lean, okay? So that is the first component of the environment of where you're eating. But I'm even gonna bring it into a little bit more of a, um, like around the room, First, we talked about building, like are you home or are you like in an Arby's? Now we're gonna talk about inside the room, inside your kitchen, inside your fridge, inside your pantry, inside your freezer. This is the eating environment that ultimately affects us the most. What is within our eyesight? What can we see? And what is within our reach? What we can touch with our hands? This is the eating environment that affects us directly. Now this eating environment can be wherever we, it can be in home, it can be in our dining room, it can be in our own kitchen, it could be at work, in the break room, in the lunchroom at work. What is around us ultimately shapes in a very powerful way what we will end up eating. For example, if I have a bag of Cheetos in the pantry in my kitchen, I love Cheetos. If they are there, I am going to be much more likely to eat them. Right. If I'm looking for a snack and I open the pantry, boom, there are Cheetos. I have a higher likelihood of now engaging with them because they are in my eating environment. I can see them and I can touch them. Same thing with a bowl of fresh fruit. If I have a bowl of fresh fruit on the counter, when I'm hungry and I come into the kitchen for that snack, I am much more likely to engage with that fresh fruit because it is in my eating environment. I can see it and I can touch it. And so part of becoming an engaged eater is thinking about looking around our environments, wherever we are eating and asking the question, how can I better shape this environment to support the goals I have and the life that I want to live, the health I want to have, the fitness I want to have. And by simply shaping your environment in a way that better supports your goals, you can instantly increase your results, your likelihood of getting results and increase the quality of the results, whether that is fat loss, whether that is eating more healthy, whether that is reducing your, um, how many times that you find yourself overeating something like Oreos or Cheetos. And so this, this is a discussion of that you maybe have to have with yourself and also sit down and have with the people in your house. If you have people living with you and start the discussion of how can we all as a group what decisions do we want to make to help shape our environment? You don't have to throw out everything. You don't have to do the thing where you cleanse everything and toss every single packaged food in the trash. You can if you want, but it can be as simple as making a few simple shifts, being like, hey, I like Cheetos. I don't wanna like give them up, but I'll only eat them when I am at the grocery store. I'll buy one of those small single serving fun size Cheetos. I'm not gonna have them in the house. Or you could say, no, we're gonna keep buying Cheetos, but we're gonna put them out in the garage, somewhere in a drawer somewhere with the other, some other like treat food or snack foods that we don't want in our usual eating environment. That little bit of making them harder to see and harder to access is gonna make you way less likely to engage with them and you'll eat it less.
So think through and strategize no matter where you're at, at home, at work, the environment that you sit down to eat in, look around and ask yourself, how can I better design this environment to subconsciously, to naturally benefit or support the eating goals, the health goals, the fitness goals, and the lifestyle goals that I have for myself. And especially pay attention to what you can see visually around the room, the kitchen, the pantry, the freezer, and what you can easily touch. What are things that are in the front of the fridge, the eye level in the pantry, and out on the counter? By simply shifting your environment, by being engaged and looking around and making decisions to shape that environment, you have so much more power and so much control and you will naturally begin to automate really the results you get simply by just making those environmental shifts. So we covered the four horsemen of eating and we talked about why, what you're eating, how you're eating. Let's see if I'm, so we don't get out of order here. What you're eating, why you're eating, how you're eating and where you're eating. How those four buckets or spheres of eating behaviors matter so much in why becoming more engaged, more aware, and more conscious of what, why, how, and where you're eating can drastically improve the results you get, the ease of getting them, the consistency, and it allows you to better and more fully have the body have the health, have the energy, and live the life that you want to live. Keeping in mind that different people have different goals. And just because one person tells you, eat this, eat that, do this, do that, doesn't necessarily matter because you are now an engaged eater. You will hear that. You will hear the noise. You will see the stuff. You will be in environments. And by being engaged, you will have the power to go, wait, is this good advice for me? Is this environment helpful to me? What am I going to choose in this moment based on my goals, based on the lifestyle I want to live, based on the body, the health, the fitness that I want? What am I going to do now, right now? And remember, this isn't about being perfect. This isn't about always eating 100% clean. But this is about just owning that decision process, being engaged, being aware, and remaining in control of your life and of the results you want to get instead of passively being influenced and swept along by your eating environment, what you're hearing, the people you're eating with, the news you're consuming, etc. Stay engaged, stay aware, stay conscious, and make specific decisions based on what is going to support the life you want to live and ultimately how you want to feel. So I hope that this framework, what you're eating, why you're eating, how you're eating, and where you're eating begins to give you an idea of ways that you can become more engaged, become more aware of all the different things that influence how you eat, what you eat, and on the, the results that you have right now as an individual, those four categories are all influencing that. And the results that you want to get and keep and the life you want to live, those four principles will always be influencing that as well. So I hope that this framework and this episode kind of like cracked the door and shown some light on these principles 
and you are now a little bit more aware than you were before. And now you can begin to practice being that engaged eater, being that powerful, more highly skilled eater so that you can get the results you want. You can uh, make decisions that make you feel good, good, almost sounded Canadian for a second there, good, and ultimately live the lifestyle that you wish to live, pursue your dreams, pursue your goals, and become the type of person that you want to become in this life. So thank you for tuning in to this episode, The Four Horsemen of Eating, Becoming the Engaged Eater. I hope this was beneficial. If so, would you take 60 seconds, actually it's less, it's like 30 seconds, to scroll down to the bottom of this episode and rate and review this show on Apple Podcasts. That helps me so much and it tells the podcast gods out there this show's useful and they will naturally kick it out to more people to help them become more engaged eaters as well. So guys, thank you so much for listening and I will see you next time in another episode of the Optimize for Impact podcast. Take care.